Here at Westridge Church, our sole purpose and desire is to lead people on a life-changing journey to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Thank you for deciding to join us in worship through one of our messages. We pray this message will be supplemental to your daily commitment to Jesus. To find out more about Westridge Church or to connect with us, check us out at westridge.com. Thank you so much. Hey, it is so good to be back with you guys. You know, I am on staff here, but you don't see me much because uh, we are traveling a lot, uh, planting churches all over the place. So it is good to be back home and uh, good to be back with you guys. Hey, I want to start off with uh, playing a name recognition game. Is that okay? Can we do that? All right. So here's what I'm going to do. The guys in the back, they're going to play an audio clip. You have to see how fast you can guess who this is. How fast can you recognize the name? Are you ready? Here's the first one. The luckiest guy in the world. I got to meet presidents, astronauts, movie stars. Jay Leno. Heard it right over here. Very good, very good. All right. I love Jay Leno. Miss him, but got to admit, I'm a Jimmy Fallon fan now. Love it. Don't you love Jimmy Fallon? The man is funny. Okay. Um, uh, next one. Let's go with the next one. Simba, I'm very disappointed in you. I know. You could have been Jay. killed. You deliberately disobeyed. I heard disobeyed Lion King. James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Huh? <laughs> Mufasa. Yeah, J- James Earl Jones. I heard it in there somewhere. And, uh, you know, it's cool. He, he actually did an audio Bible. Have you heard this? It is so cool. It's him reading the Bible. And if you're not convicted enough just reading the Bible, when you hear him, hear him read the Bible, it's like God himself reading to you. It's really, really good. All right, I got one more. This one may be a little tough. All right, you ready? I don't get it. I made my house a mess. Which <laughs> SpongeBob, I heard that immediately. Very good, very good. Uh, you did very good on that. Um, scares me a little bit. Tells me about the mentality of who I'm dealing with. Okay, so uh, good job. Hey, um, the reason you were able to get those so quickly is the voices are, are so distinguished and, and, and distinguishable. You recognize them. You've had exposure to them. You're familiar with these voices. Don't you just wish that you could recognize the voice of God like you just recognized those? Don't you wish as you went through your day that you have a question come up, you have a problem, you need some wisdom, you need relationship advice, you're facing a major transition, you know, major life decision that you could just ask and God would answer and you would just be able to recognize his voice just like that. Wouldn't that be nice to be able to recognize the voice of God? We need this, don't we? We need this so desperately. I mean, think about it. For some of you, it's that little teenager. It's that teenager in your home that was a little kid that was nice and sweet and kind and and, gentle. And now they've turned 15 and now you don't know who in the world they are. I remember my son when he turned 15. It was like, who traded this kid in for this other kid, you know? All of a sudden, he was talking disrespectful to his mama, disrespectful to me. He was making decisions we didn't agree with. And it was just driving me crazy. We didn't know what to do. This went on and on for several months. And finally, I grabbed him. I said, come sit outside with me. And I set him down on the front porch. And I looked at him. I said, listen, I have never parented a 15-year-old before. And you have never been 15-year-old before, and both of us are doing a really lousy job at this. Something has to change. And it was just one of those moments where I could have really used hearing very clearly the voice of God. For some of you, your husband's working too much. He's working a lot of hours. 
And he doesn't look at you like he used to. He doesn't talk to you like he used to. He doesn't take you out like he used to. You don't laugh together like you used to. And you know something's got to change and you just, you just want to say, hey, God, wh- what do I do? Hey, God, what do I need to do to change the trajectory of this relationship? Because where it's headed, I don't like where this thing's headed. And God, would you just tell me what to do? For some of you, it may be work. Got a new boss at work. She's driving you crazy. She's changing everything. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, work's no longer fun. You're not enjoying it. There's too much pressure. There's too many expectations, too many unrealistic expectations. You don't know if you're doing a good job or not. And, you, and now you're just saying, I, I don't know what to do. Should I quit? Should I stick it out? Should I confront her? Should I go to upper management? I don't know. What, what should I do, God? Wouldn't it be nice in those times just to be able to ask God and get an answer and be able to recognize his voice so clearly? You know exactly what to do. I was reading through John 10 a while back, and something Jesus said really grabbed me in this passage. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 10 or your mobile device, you turn there. We're going to spend a little time in there, John 10. But before we really dive in, let me give you a little bit of background. Jesus is pretty, you know, deep into his public ministry at this point. He's been traveling around. He's been teaching. He's been healing. He's been, uh, he's been doing miracles and all these sort of things. And the religious, as you know, the religious leaders, they were pretty ticked about, about him and his ministry. They didn't like what was going on. And so every chance they got, they were firing him questions at him, interrogating him. And one of these times when, or twice actually, when they were asking him questions, he used an analogy on them that we're going to see in John 10. And I love this analogy, and this is what really grabbed me when, when I read through this passage and made me examine my walk with God a little closer. So in, in John 10, look at verse 24. Here's the analogy he gives them. He says, so it, it says, so the Jews gathered around Jesus, and they said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, plainly tell us. And Jesus answered them, I told you, but you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you don't believe because you're not among my sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus is saying, you don't get what I say because you don't know who I am. Jesus said, I've been talking, you're just not hearing. I've been talking, you're just not listening. But then you look at the flip side of this analogy, Verse 27, on the other hand, he said, you're not my sheep. You don't know my voice. But on the other hand, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. That word here literally means to perceive. Jesus is saying, those who belong to me, my people perceive my voice. They recognize my voice is what he's telling them. Now, here's what absolutely fascinates me as I begin to study this and dig into this and try to understand what he's talking about here. In the ancient Near East, the shepherds would have their their sheep, you know, 100, 200 sheep, whatever it was, out in the fields. At the end of the day, they would call their sheep together and they would take them over to something called a sheep pen. Gatekeeper would open the gate and all their sheep would herd right into this pen And then another shepherd would do the same, and another shepherd would do the same. And they would lock the gate at night, and the gatekeeper would protect the sheep. And and there were all these different shepherd sheep in, in a sheep pen. Picture this room. This room's full of people, okay? The next morning, the shepherd would come back to the gate, open up the gate. 
and call his sheep. Come, come. And all of a sudden, his sheep that were scattered amongst all these would... I've seen this on YouTube. I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) All these sheep on this mountain, when he called, they started flooding down off the mountain and came right out the gate and followed him. But those who were not his sheep stayed right there where they were. It was amazing. It was amazing. You see... The sheep learn how to recognize the shepherd's voice. And Jesus is using this analogy. He's saying, my people will recognize my voice. And can I tell you something? When you begin to recognize the voice of God in your life, it will have a radical impact on your life. When you begin to recognize the voice of God in your life, when you begin to value it, when you begin to seek it, when you begin to listen, it'll have a radical impact on your life. I saw this happen in a little church that was first, my first church out of seminary. And so each year we did this thing called 40-Day Adventure. And 40-Day Adventure was 40 days leading up to Easter. And every year we got a program where uh, our small groups were studying the same thing that was being preached on Sunday morning. And, and uh, every year there was a certain spiritual discipline that we had to practice. And I will never forget this one year. They, in, in the journal they gave us, it had 40 spaces for the 40 days. And here was the spiritual discipline they challenged us with. They said, every day, every day, we want you to find a God sighting. That's what they called it. We want you to listen for the voice of God. We want you to look for the hand of God. We want, we want you to look every day for how God is speaking to you. And when you hear it, when you see it, just write it down as one of your God sightings in your journal. And then the really cool thing, During the week, our small groups would get together, 10, 12 people sitting there. And one of the questions was always, what were some of your God sightings? 10, 12 people sitting around sharing, here's where I saw God this week. This is where I heard God speak this week. Here's what God's doing in my life. And it had a radical transformation on the people in our church because they learned to recognize the voice of God. Can I tell you something? God is always speaking. We're just not always listening. And we complain, we complain, we complain. I don't hear God. God doesn't speak to me. God is always speaking. We're just not always listening. And his sheep will recognize his voice. When you walk with God, you begin to recognize the voice of God. And today, what I want to do is I want to show you two ways you can better recognize the voice of God in your life. First one is this. you got to get to know what God's already said. First, we got to get to, if you want to hear the voice of God, you got to get to know what he has already said. Sometimes God has already spoken about the issues, challenges, problems that we have. I love this. I think it's funny. Verse 24, look back with me. The, uh, the uh, Pharisees said, how long, Jesus, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Just tell us if you're the Christ. Don't you love Jesus' response? He says, I told you. I've already told you. You're just not listening. Here's the deal. These guys were experts in the Old Testament. They knew the Old Testament inside out. And for months now, Jesus had been going into the synagogues and teaching in the streets. And he's, he, pull, he opens up the Old Testament scroll and he says, see what it says right here? Here's what it means. Here's how I fulfilled it. See what it says right here? Here's what it means. Here's how I fulfilled it. See this right here? Here's what it means. Here's how I fulfilled it. He said, I have told you 
and I've told you and I've told you. I've pointed to. You want to know who I am? I've already told you. But I've been speaking. You're just not listening. Sometimes we're struggling. Guys, we're struggling with things that God's already spoken about. You're, you're, you're wrestling, you know? Should I marry this girl that I've been dating? God, should I, should I marry her? I mean, I know she's not a Christian, but, you know, I like her. My friends like her. You know, maybe I can lead her to Christ eventually, you know. And God, she looks so good. I'll never get another catch like this. God, should I marry her? And God's saying, hey, I've already talked to you. I've already spoken about this. 2 Corinthians 6, don't be unequally yoked. I mean, man, I like, God says, I like her too. I just don't want you to marry her because that's not going to be good for you long term. Or, or you see, you go shopping. Hey, it's Christmas. Everything's on sale now. And you go in, you see this incredible surround sound deal with several thousand dollars. They cut it half price. And you're looking at it. You're going, oh, I deserve this. <laughs> I've worked hard. I've always wanted this. I mean, come on now. You know, I, I, and God said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, I love it too, man. I appreciate surround sound too, God says. But you know, in Proverbs, I said, don't, don't buy something unless you have cash, unless you can pay cash. Don't go buy stuff on credit that you can't pay for. When I provide, then yeah, go get it. But, you know, much as I appreciate that too, wait till you can pay cash on that thing. God's already spoken. There are issues in our life around family and parenting and marriage and conflict and relationships and work and struggles and emotions. And God's already spoken to so many of those things. We just have to get familiar with what he's already said. I love the way one of my friends puts it. He says, if you want to know what God has to say, then take your Bible and open his mouth. Just take your Bible and open his mouth. Because this is where he's spoken. He's already spoken. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes there are things, there are questions, there are situations that you're facing that perhaps God hasn't spoken to directly towards. What do you do with your aging parents? Tough situation. What What do you do when you've been offered this dream job, but it's going to require a move, and you've got to you got a young girl in junior in high school, and you know it's just going to totally disrupt her life. What do you do? What do you do? Not, not easy. Or you get a great job offer. I mean, you get to, work, get to work with one of your best friends. You've been looking forward to it, but it's a 40% pay cut. Or you're 64, and you're trying to decide, do, do, do I retire at 65, or do I need to keep, God, do I need to keep working five more years maybe so that I can have the income I need? What do I do? And, and it's just not that clear. So let me give you a second. Let me give you a second way you can begin to recognize the voice of God. And the second way is start a conversation with God. Start a conversation with God. Let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. I was, I was walking down the beach of San Diego last, uh, uh, not this summer, previous summer. Got up early, walked along the beach, and I was just wrestling with, uh, with what God wanted for the launch group, this organization I lead that was born here out of Westridge church planning organization. So I'm walking down the beach and I'm going, God, we've been going for about three years now and things are going really good, but God, I can no, I can no longer see the future. I can't see what's next. I have no vision for what's next. You ever been there with your, with your job or your family? You're just like, I, I, I had vision, now I don't. And, 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 and that's where I was at. And so I said, I just asked this prayer, God, 
Show me the vision. Show me the vision. Just show me what, what, what's ahead. Show it to me. God, give me an answer. And I just kept walking. God, give me an answer. God, would you give me an answer? God, please give me an answer. And nothing was coming. I was getting really frustrated. And all of a sudden, God just whispered into my soul, and he said, Mac, if you ask the right questions, I'm going to show you the answers. But let's start a conversation. And immediately, my mind went to Exodus chapter 2 through, through chapter 4. And I literally sprinted back to my hotel as fast as I could. I picked up my Bible, and I just began, I began to read Exodus 2 through 4. And I saw what was going on here. And Moses met, uh, God met Moses at the burning bush. And, and, and he's sitting there and he calls him to lead the Hebrew people out of slavery into a promised land. And, and, and all of a sudden, Moses went, whoa, 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 God. No, 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 no. I got, I got a question here. I can't do this. Why me? And Moses asked a question. And guess what? God gave a response. And Moses asked another question and God gave a response. And Moses asked another question and God gave a response. For two full chapters, it's Moses asking questions and God giving further revelation. And sometimes if we want further revelation on what God wants for our life, then we need to initiate a conversation with God. And so I'm sitting there, and and I'm back at the hotel, and I'm reading this. I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm asking God for answers, but I'm not engaging in a conversation. And so I just sit there, and I start writing 17 questions just poured out in my journal. Didn't have time to answer them, but the next day on the flight home, had a four-hour flight home, put in my earphones, Opened up my journal, 17 questions, one of the most fascinating discussions I've ever had with God in my entire life. Four-hour flight, just processing through, God, what's next here? What are the options? What are the obstacles? What's the next best step I can take? God, who do I need to speak to? What are the top three priorities that I need to be establishing right now? And all these things, all these questions, just simple, practical questions sometimes that we need to put before God and have a dialogue with him instead of just asking for an answer. And going back to Exodus chapter 2 through 4, Moses asked questions. God gave him further revelation. But then, throughout the rest of the book of Exodus, Moses is going to God. In fact, Moses built something called the tent of meeting. It was a place where he could get out of the camp, get away from people, and sit with God and say, these people are driving me nuts and I don't know what to do. In the tent of meeting, he would go out there and he would spend hours and he would just hang out with God and he would have a conversation with God about what was going on back in the camp. And he would just talk with God. And in Exodus 33, it says this, love this passage. It says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Moses would speak face to face. God would speak face to face with Moses like, like somebody would talk to a friend. Now, look back, look back. John chapter 10, verse 14. Jesus said this, listen, he's talking to the Pharisees and he says, I'm the good shepherd. Listen what he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Now that word know implies a deep intimacy. In fact, it, it was a, a Hebrew idiom for sexual intercourse. And so it, it has the idea of deep, deep intimacy between two people. And so Jesus is saying, hey, I know my people. There is an intimate relationship between me and my people. And he says, and my people know me. God desires an intimate relationship with you, friendship with you. Then I read the next part of this passage, and it really blew my mind. Look at this. 
I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me, right? But then he makes a comparison. My sheep know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Let that settle in. Jesus is saying that you can know him and he can know you as intimately as Jesus knew the Father and the Father knew Jesus. And we know in the Gospels, we watch Jesus' ministry, how intimately, how he withdrew and got away with God and had conversations with God and understood the will of God and walked in the will of God because he had intimacy with God. And Jesus is saying, as, as my sheep, as my people, I want to invite you in so that you might know me. Not just know about me. Not just know some facts. I want you to know me. Like a friend talks to a friend. You can talk to him like a friend talks to a friend. He wants to talk to you like a friend talks to a friend. That's how much he wants to know us. That's the level of intimacy he wants with us. But here's here's what we have to understand. Intimacy with God is born out of conversation with God. Giving your life to Christ starts the relationship, but it's it's conversation with God. It's, It's intimacy with God is born out of conversation with God. As I have a conversation with God, I learn to recognize his voice. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem with me. I don't want to have a conversation with God. I just want an answer from God. And so I have a problem. I have an issue. I go to God and I say, what, what's the answer? Give me an answer. Give me an answer. I don't want a conversation with God. I just want an answer from God. And so I ask and I'll wait. And I ask and I'll wait. God, give me an answer. Give me an answer. Give me an answer. <laughs> have you ever heard a wife complain about her husband because when he gets home from work, Hey, don't, don't be a, a, a nudge in here, but, but the, the husband comes home from work and the wife starts asking questions and, and he just doesn't answer. He doesn't talk. He doesn't open up. He gives one word answers. How was work today? Good. Did you hire that supervisor? Yeah. Where'd you go eat? Moe's. I'll, I'll get one word answers. And she complains because there's no intimacy in the relationship. And sometimes I think this is what we actually want from God. God, do you want me to take that job? Yes. God, should we switch our kids from this school to this school? No. Thanks. Because you see, we're only seeking answers. We're not seeking conversation. And it has a radical impact on your life, on your soul, on your spirit, on your character, on your decision-making when you engage God for a conversation, not just engage him for answers. Big, big difference. Over this past year, ever since my time in San Diego, it's been the year of conversation with God because those 17 questions blew up a lot of things in my life. And it's been an ongoing conversation ever since, every day, just engaging God in conversation and saying, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next? Because you see, God didn't really ever show me, hey, here's the next 10 years. He didn't. And I don't care. Because God said, I want to engage you in a conversation because, yes, I can give you the answer and I can show. I got the power to do that. But I'm more interested, rather than giving you the answer, I'm, I'm more interested in engaging you in a conversation that will change your character. Have you ever noticed this? When you engage somebody in a conversation, 
not just a general kind. When you, when you go deep in conversation, you get to know their character. You get to know their personality. You get to know their likes and their dislikes. You get to know a whole lot about them. And, and, and God's saying, I want to engage you. I want to draw you. I want to pull you into conversation. Because if I can pull you into conversation, you're going to get to know me. And the more you get to know my character and the more you get to know my personality and the more you get to know what I say and the more you get to know my likes and the more you get to know my passion, the more you will begin to understand me and the more you will begin to see me work and the more you will begin to trust me. But you have to listen to my voice. And intimacy with God is born out of a conversation with God. So, how do you have a conversation with God? Every day, so that you actually recognize his voice. It was years ago, I was, I was one of those dry spells spiritually. And I was praying, nothing was happening, you know. Not connecting with God, not hearing his voice. And, and I stumbled across this verse, Psalm chapter 5, verse 3 had a a big impact on me. It said, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and I wait expectantly. He's saying, God, I'm gonna come in the morning and I'm gonna talk to you. And I'm gonna wait. What's he gonna wait for? He's gonna wait for the voice of God. He's gonna wait for that conversation. But he says, God, I come in the morning and I'm starting a conversation with you. And so that morning I said, God, I need need some tools. I I need a way to better communicate with you, better recognize your voice. And so I wrote something down. I want to share it with you. I've shared this with people all over the place and it's helped me. Hopefully will help you. It's a little acronym. It's just a little method to help you start your day and start a conversation with God. And, and it's S, begins with S and it's scripture reading, scripture reading. Here's what you're going to do though. You're, you're going to take your Bible and you're just going to take one paragraph and maybe you use version, version reading uh, app or something like that. Just take one paragraph and you're going to read it and when you finish reading it, you're going to rewrite it in your own words, what you think it said, and, and, and not, not, not application, but just restating in your words as if you were the author how you would write it. And you're just going to rewrite it. Why? Because that helps refine it in your mind, helps you process it, also helps you not fall asleep, okay? And so, so you're just going to do that. And remember, it's only one paragraph. Here's our problem. Too many times we're reading for mileage rather than message. I read four four chapters today. I read five chapters of the Bible today. Who cares? You know, you're reading for message, not for mileage. So remember that. Just read a paragraph. Make your way through the book of James. Paragraph at a time. Read it. Rewrite it in your own words. Now, T. T. It's thought for the day. Thought for the day. So, you want to go back, you want to reread the passage, you want to reread your paraphrase of it, and then here's the question you're asking. What's the one thing that stood out to me? What's the one verse, the one phrase, the one character trait of that individual that stood out to me? And I've done this with groups before with, you know, 10 or 12 people in the room. And we'll take uh, James 1, 1 through 12. Might be eight people in the room and they'll choose six different verses that stood out to them. Because that's what the Holy Spirit impressed on them. That's God speaking to you. Whichever verse stood out to you that day, there's a reason. And God's saying, hey, I'm speaking to you, and this is the area I want to speak to you about. And so you write that verse down. You write down that thought, and then you go to A. A is the next step, and that's apply it to your life. Apply it to your life. And and you're just asking a simple question. What's my next step in what God told me? What's my next step? And you write down one way you can apply it that day. Huge, huge step here that we don't always do. Let me tell you why it's important. Because it's daily application that produces spiritual transformation. 
Sometimes we wonder, why well, I'm reading God's word, but it's not changing me. Are you, the question is, are you applying God's word? Because it's daily application that produces spiritual transformation. Let's so write down the one thing you're going to do. Then R, I love this part. I love this part, Re- is, is review yesterday. Review yesterday. All you're going to do is look back over your shoulder. What happened yesterday? Who did you meet with? What did you do? What happened? And that's going to lead you into a conversation with God. And you're going to, you, you, it's going to lead you to thank God for some things. It's going to lead you to confess some things. It's going to lead you to write down some questions and say, God, I didn't understand this. Help me understand this. God, what's the next step? It's going to lead you to pray for others. And then the final T is talk about today. Talk about today. And you just look ahead at your day. Look at your calendar. You ever have a conversation with God about your work? About your meetings that are coming up that day? Just talk about your calendar. And pray through that. And there are certain things that are going to come up. You go, man, I I need to pray hard about this. God, I need your wisdom on this. God, I need your insight on this. And as you process it and you ask questions with him, you begin to sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You begin to recognize the voice of God. You do this over and over and over. And over time has a radical impact on your life. Now, I want to share one more voice with you. The guys are going to play one more audio, and I want you to see if you can tell me who this is. Do you remember how exciting Christmas was for you as a child? Our parents had told us all about Santa Claus, the jolly fellow dressed in the suit, long white beard. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. Because you don't know who it is. Because you don't know who it is. But I do. That's my dad. That's my father. And you don't recognize his voice because you've never met him. And it was last Christmas where he gathered all the kids around and the grandkids. And we all sat around. And he told us about what it was like at Christmas when he was a kid. And it led to a conversation where we all began to share memories and stories of when we were kids and what Christmas was like when we were kids. And it was that morning, it was like my dad was saying, I want you to know me. I want you to know my heart. I want you to know my soul. I want you to know my history. I want you to know me. We had a great time sitting around. Can I tell you something? There's some of you You're so frustrated with your life. You're 28 years old and you still haven't discovered what's my purpose. 35 years old and you're going, this is not the marriage that I was hoping I would have at this point. Or whatever it is. There are fears, there are frustrations, there are challenges, there are struggles that that you're just wrestling with. And you'd give anything for somebody to say, here's where you need to go. And, and for God, to hear God, who's all wise, all knowing, knows the future. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Having a voice like that speak into your life. But the reason he's not, is because you don't know him. You've never stopped and just said, God, you know what? I do believe in you. And I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I've been doing things my own way and living life my own way and now all of a sudden somebody's invited me into this church thing and I don't fully get it and I don't fully understand Jesus and I don't fully understand God and, but somehow I'm in this room and somehow I ended up here and I am looking for something and Jesus is saying, hey, here's the message I have for you today. I love you and I want to know you like a friend. 
And I want to have a lifelong conversation with you. And all it requires is for you to say, God, forgive me of my sins. I give you my life. And he pulls you in like a sheep with a shepherd and teaches you to recognize his voice. Others of you, you've been following Christ for a long time, but it's like you've been following Christ with earmuffs on. You're not listening. And God's always speaking. We're just not always listening. What's your next step? What's your next step today? What's your next step in beginning to recognize the voice of God? Really important question, and it's the one thing you need to walk away with here today because it's a conversation with God that leads to intimacy with God, which will radically transform your life.